Hello and welcome to the Agile Recruiter podcast. It's a platform where I share my insights as a recruiter while also learning from other recruiters, their achievements and the challenges that they face in the recruitment industry. In this episode, I want to talk about accountability. What does it mean to be accountable in the workplace? What happens when it's not a part of your team culture? And how to make sure, or what steps you can take to make sure that it's a part of your team culture, right? So when you first hear the word accountability, the thing that comes across to your mind is ownership or being held responsible for your actions, which is true. Just translating that into being accountable in the workplace would mean that employees are held responsible for their actions, their behaviors, their performance, and the decisions that they make. Further, like taking a deep dive into it would mean that an employee, when they do, when they assign a task and they say that they're going to do something, they follow through with it and they get it done in the given time. So being accountable in the workplace means or understanding or recognizing the fact that you have to see the big picture. Right, that there are other team members or colleagues or managers, supervisors, whatnot, that are dependent on your work, on the outcome of your work. It's just as an example would be, let's suppose there's this big project that would um, affect the organization as a whole, would have a great impact and whatnot, would take it into a new direction. So it's very important, big project. Um, and there are four project managers assigned to this four main project managers. Out of those four, three project managers are doing everything really well. They're making sure all the mini tasks are done. And mind you, every project manager has a different task assigned to them um, that contributes to the overall goal being achieved. So like I was saying, three of those project managers doing really well, making sure they're taking all the boxes, making sure all the mini tasks are done on time. But one project manager, their work is delayed. They have blockers. They have a lot of different reasons. Blockers, they've already got a lot on their plate. They've got conflicting priorities and whatnot. And as a result of this, their work is not being done on time. But they're also setting unrealistic expectations. Because they're saying, oh, don't worry about it. I'll get it done. Leave it with me. I'll manage it. But as they come like they're near the deadline day, they come to the realization that because of that one project manager whose work was delayed and not being done on time, the project can't be delivered or won't meet the timeline that was set. So they have to extend it. They have to reassess the whole situation. What tasks are remaining? How much time is it going to take? Do they have to bring in additional resources? What and again, like it has a lot of consequences. Like they have to communicate that to the stakeholders now. They have to think about the commercial or the financial implications of these things, the costs that are going to be associated with it. Where is it going to look in the big picture for the organization? So again, you have to think about the big picture. It to an individual, it might just seem like a task, but you have to realize even that one task contributes pretty big to the overall goal. The second important thing about being accountable in the workplace would be being really proactive with your communication. 
And this has to be communication with your colleagues, team members, managers, and relevant stakeholders about the status of your work, about the commitments that you've got on. So they know exactly where you're at. Taking the previous example into account, if that one project manager whose work got delayed, if early on in the process in any of the check-ins or any tools that they were using, like project management tools or whatnot, would have called it out, just said, hey guys, I'm facing a lot of blockers. I've already got a lot on my plate or like I said, a lot of different reasons. It could even be I've already started a project earlier than this. So that takes priority over this, yada, yada, yada. But if that one project manager would have called it out, then the team would be able to brainstorm together into how to make it work. The manager could have actually just gone to the stakeholders or the relevant like leaders and ask for an additional resource. Or that work could have just been divided and distributed amongst the team. Hence, not compromising on the timelines, the deadlines, and the work would have been achieved on time. So like I said, it is really important to be proactive in your communication and being very realistic with it. Don't set unrealistic expectations. Don't just fluff about saying, don't worry about it. It's not done this week, but I'll do it next week. And if it's not done next week, they say the same thing. Again, understanding that it's easier said than done, a lot of factors come into play here. It could just be because the employee is not comfortable, because the team culture is aggressive or toxic and the employee is just not comfortable coming forward. But that's a completely different thing. Now, keeping this in mind, what would happen when there is no accountability in the team, right? Certainly, it would damage the team. But you have to understand where does this attitude come from? That there's no accountability where does this laid-back attitude actually start so it starts from leaders within that team whoever is leading that team it starts where what you define as tolerable right that you're tolerating lack of punctuality that people are coming like 10 minutes late to every meeting a lot of them a lot of your team members don't even show up. They just message you saying, hey, I've just, I'm like not going to be able to join without having any conflicting meetings or whatever. That you're tolerating that. That you're tolerating unfinished work. You're tolerating missed work. And you start tolerating a lot. So small things turn into bigger things. And this would eventually start to affect the level of work. It would go from excellent to good, from good to average from average to bad, from bad to worse. And again, this is happening because you are tolerating it. So you have to set the standards that you're going to tolerate. And if you're just accepting of it overall, then the overall team would have just like a really, really laid back attitude. And because of this, the team would suffer and the workplace culture would suffer. So if this is the kind of attitude that's adopted in the team, the team would have really low morale. There's going to be unclear priorities across the team. What are they supposed to be working on? What's important because nothing seems important. No one's checking in with them. So it's like, maybe I could just not work on this today. Maybe I can finish early and go here and go there and do other things. Employees become less engaged. They don't feel like they're being recognized for their work. Um, and again, like they feel like their work's not important. It's not challenging. It's just another thing to do. 
the team or an individual will also stop meeting goals. And it could be different things. I don't mean goals as in like major KPIs. It could just, for example, in volume recruitment, you're about to do a recruitment drive. You're supposed to hire 20 people. Instead of 20, you only present 12. And you give a lot of different reasons, but you you know that you never really tried for it. And you didn't try or you were less engaged because you know that that is acceptable. Like no one's going to ask me questions and that is okay. And there's low levels of trust. Now, this is a big one, low levels of trust. What I mean by that is when you have this really laid back attitude for a really long time and then someone high up notices it and start, or someone messes up really big and then other, others start asking questions like, hey, what's going on here? Why is this team operating like this? Then fingers are pointed. So there's low level of trust within the employees. And there's a high turnover. When fingers start getting pointed, when you feel like no one's really uh, checking in on you, when you feel isolated, when you feel less engaged, when you feel like, like no one even cares if I show up to that meeting, everything le seems less interesting and you would rather just go somewhere else or your employees would just rather go somewhere else. And this is very true. Like a lot of the times, like you could just get an idea of this by looking at an organization's seek reviews or whatnot. So now that we've understood the things, like what would happen if there's no accountability, what are the steps that we can take to make sure that there is accountability within the team, right? So the first thing is you have to lead by example. It has to come from the leaders because the leaders are the people who set the tone um, and the performance and what is expected. The standards that are set are all set by the leader. And again, I, like I was saying previously, it all depends on how tolerating you are to the small things, right? Like if you're continuously showing up for meetings on time, everyone's going to show up for meetings. If you're late, everyone's going to be late. Right. An example of this would be, and again, like just want to make it clear, being accountable or leading by example doesn't mean that you have to be rude to people or you have to call them out aggressively. Like, hey, for example, taking the meeting one, if someone's late to a meeting, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to be like, hey, this is really important. You need to realize that this is important and show up a minute earlier, right on time. Never be late. That's a very aggressive approach. I was recently in a meeting. And then we had two, three members who were two, three minutes late. And the, the host of the meeting just went like, hey, we have a tradition that if you are late, you have to sing a song or something like that. And that was a pretty, like, I took it as an interesting idea. It was, the tone was really friendly. However, it did send the message across and it did set the expectation that you are expected to be here on time. We're not fluffing around here. This is important but also in a very friendly tone, in a very productive manner, right? So the approach you take is also important, but we'll get into that later. So how do you demonstrate your own accountability, complete the tasks that have been assigned to you by the timeline you agreed on, right? If employees are expected to do the stuff that they agreed on, you as a leader are also expected. So if you say, hey, guys, I'm going to make sure that I get this done on time or I'll help you out with this, being accountable and making sure that you do that, right? 
being responsible for the success of your team and making the effort to support your team when needed. Again, realizing that, coming back to my first example, we all play an important part in the big picture. All of us do. So you have to realize that as a leader as well. We are all in this together, right? So the team performance reflects on you because you are the one setting the pace. So if you set check-ins, you set follow-ups, you set everything, and if you feel like an employee is lagging behind, making sure you check in with that employee to have a transparent conversation or setting that culture where they feel like they can come to you and helping them out wherever they need. Not just being like an observing leader, being very hands-on because that the early stages is truly when you actually set the tone or when a culture is created. And if you take a laid-back approach then, then everything is going to be affected, right? The final thing would be that when you schedule meetings, respect everyone's time and show up prepared, right? Because setting up a meeting or blocking time in someone's calendar is important time. You might not find time in their calendar for the rest of the week, right? So you have to respect people's time. They might have like a lot on. This might be the fifth meeting for the day. There might be, the levels of engagement might be up and down. So you have to, like I said, respect everyone's time. When I actually, when I have meetings, I go fully prepared. I have notes like this is what I want to talk about. This is what I call out. This is what I what, what I want clarity on. So I I make sure that I get as much out of that meeting as possible. And if you fluff around in meetings and you go back to someone saying, oh, I'll I'll see this in the background. I don't know exactly the things or the stats or whatever there's a really big chance or a high chance of you guys never talking for another two weeks. So it's going to be forgotten and no one's going to bring it up. And then it's going to be pointed out by someone else and then it's going to create problems. So again, be prepared in every meeting. What you want to talk about, as a for example, as a leader, if, you, if this is a catch-up meeting, you've already seen everyone's last status update you already want to like you have questions for everyone to get an understanding where they truly are what the blockers are if you start that meeting you're like okay just update me well what's the point of like the project management tool like trello or whatever you're using where everyone has their updates so as a leader you have to be prepared as well right and a lot of these examples just to give you a heads up will be about leaders because that is where you truly set the tone for the rest of the team Right. The second one is work on your feedback skills and realize that procrastinating feedback only would make things work. Now, what do I mean by when I say work on your feedback skills? Feedback is really important. Right. You could either just fluff around and completely avoid the topic or just uh, beat around the bush and just be like, uh, like things went well, they could have been improved. We'll see next time. I'm sure you'll improve next time. No one has any idea. Like there were no specifics. It was just like a very generic statement and things will surely go from average to bad to us. That's one approach. The second approach would be you're very aggressive in your feedback. You take a very, what was this? What were you thinking when you were doing this? Why did this happen? What? Like you're very aggressive and you're very intimidating going into that conversation. 
like you're about to literally fire the employee. The, another approach would be that you're very uh, open-minded when you're giving feedback, that you're very well-structured, that you've got everything written down, that you've got all your points, that when you're about to have a chat with them, you you know the specifics, like, hey, when you were working on this project, this, this, this worked really well for you. This particular thing, I felt like you could have improved by doing this. What are your thoughts? While also being an having an open mind as to understanding, hey, why did you take that approach? What was your mind going through them? And being friendly, not being aggressive or like you're calling them out to really get an understanding of where the employee is coming from. Because feedback can literally, like I've said previously, make or break an employee. The way that you deliver feedback, it could either make the employee feel like less engaged, they don't uh, like recognize the amount of work that I do, I'm not valued here, I'm going to quit. Or it could make the person see the big picture, improves in performance, make sure, like make them feel like they're part of a bigger team and that they're valued, right? What you also have to realize here is giving feedback as a leader, right? You have to keep yourself accountable in the same way. What I mean by that is you could have skipped some steps because you had so much work on that you didn't actually explain a few things to the employee before they started working on that project, that you didn't make things clear. So you have to recognize that as well and call yourself out on it and recognize that. Just be like, hey, this thing was lagging because I didn't explain that to you. I should have scheduled a meeting because it is something important and we should have gone through it in detail, right? So that would make the employee feel more valued. Like, yeah, that was what I was thinking. That's exactly right. I'm glad we're on the same page. But if you approach that conversation very differently, instead of actually recognizing or failing to recognize where you're supposed to be accountable to, what were you thinking? You did everything wrong. Didn't you get this? I spent like two minutes explaining it to you. The employee, even if they don't say it in their mind or in their head, they would be going like, I didn't even know this was a thing. Where was this process? It was never explained to me. What's going on here? So it's about being accountable for any task that you haven't explained as well. That's important as well, right? And when I say that procrastinating would make things worse, um, I would say... Uh, and again, like it's still a surprise in this day and age, a lot of organizations or managers still give feedback at two, three points in a year. That would be the probationary meetings or end of year reviews. And they would bring up stuff that someone's done in like six months ago or seven months ago. At that point, it's lost all of its relevance. The employee doesn't even remember. And if they were still adopting the same way of work, things have gone wrong massively and no one's called them out on it. So it's a very wrong approach to take. So you have to make sure that you've got the right check-ins. Like it could, if they're working on a project just after the project, if they're not working on a project and it's just like random, just make sure you've got monthly meetings or check-ins every two months, whatever that the leader feels like it's important or would make it work, right? Because every job is different. Now, the last thing would be 
making accountability a habit. The easiest way to do this is basically, like I said, just have check-ins. Different check-ins have different meanings. I personally have two check-ins in my current role. One's a weekly check-in where we just go through the amount of work that I've got to make sure I've got everything handled. And if something needs to be called out, it is called out. Like I said previously, I go into every meeting prepared. So if I'm facing any blockers, I've already got them out to discuss. If I'm having any issues, I, I've got, or if I've got any updates, I've got them listed. And then the, another one is a monthly meeting, which is basically an overall review of, of how the month, months went. Um, if I need to improve or something, if things are going well, what's going well, so I can continue doing that, right? So have the right check-ins, but also working as a team to set the right culture, right? So when you're having a one-on-one -on -one with your employee or having a team meeting, again, like there's certain things that you could bring in, uh, bring up in team meetings, but there's certain things that would only be preferred in one-on-one -on -one meetings. Like, is there, like in a team meeting, you could ask, is there anything that we should start doing as a team? And you could get input from all your team members and employees and you could be like, yep, this is what they're leaning towards. This is what's going to contribute positively to the overall environment. Personally, if you're having a one-on-one, -on -one, what would you like more or less in your current role? Or would you like more direction? Would you like less direction? This, that's basically saying, would you like me more hands-on or hands-off in, in managing you? And you could even ask, like, do you feel like you're getting enough feedback? Because a lot of times, like, an employee wants more feedback. If they are trying to adopt someone new and they maybe can't wait for the whole month, at that point, they could be like, can we please have quick 10-minute month, like, weekly catch-ups or a catch-up every fortnight? So you recognize, yep, the employee needs my help, and I'm going to be there for that employee. Um, and then finally, like, as a team, you could bring up, how could we improve the way our team works? Because there would be a lot of processes that would have been like carried on across the years that the team would feel like that are, like we could introduce something new. So getting their input. And that's how an employee feels valued. If they suggest something and then the, it's recognized and implemented, there's that feeling that my decisions or the input that I gave is contributing to the big picture. And the final thing would be, I would say, adopting so, some sort of an accountability framework, right? Where you can list down your commitments as an individual or a team that you're supposed to get this task done. You could use like different project management tools for this. And this is the deadline and then notes to it to make sure that everything's done, that everything's being communicated. Again, you have to make sure that you come up with the right process where everyone is comfortable with that process. It's not about command and control. It's not about just adopting, like um, releasing something that you feel like would work well, getting everyone's input on it, just releasing a plan. Think of it like when you're a leader, think of it as a pitch, like, hey guys, this is what I'm thinking. This is the amount of check-ins that we're gonna have. We're gonna work um, on Trello, this is the amount this is the way that I want information to be demonstrated. So it gives me a good idea of what everyone's doing. What are your thoughts? Some of it could be like, yeah, it works perfectly. Some of them could be like, we could add more here or less there. 
And in the end, the final product would be something that everyone's comfortable with, right? So when you actually create a culture of accountability, this will actually employ, like improve employee morale, productive productivity. Um, it would give the employees a sense of ownership and it would make them see the big picture. They would realize that my individual tasks, the outcome of my tasks, like other people are dependent on them, right? So those are the facts that I had. I'm pretty sure there's much more to the topic, but that's it for this episode. If you want to give me feedback, you could reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, but thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you.